0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com slash protect.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network
1: Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: This is part two of a series of podcasts that the Fighting Cock is producing about the Y word. We're aiming to encourage conversation and step towards a resolution where all sides of all parties in the argument felt heard and understood. In this episode, we talk to writer, journalist and broadcaster Charlie Peters in an attempt to get to the bottom of why Tottenham fans feel so strongly about being able to self-identify using the word yid and where the resilience to change might come from. If you haven't listened to the first podcast on the Y word we've done, please do. It's season nine, episode 30. Thank you.
0: It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. Welcome, Charlie, to
2: the fighting cock. Thanks very much for having me. No, it's it's a pleasure. If if, if you haven't been aware, we've we've put out a previous podcast. With a young Jewish Spurs fan discussing the issue, because um, right. obviously the 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 debate has reared its head again as it does every four or five years, and essentially Spurs are, are being pressured to come under or, or to follow Chelsea in eradicating the term "Yid" from the terraces, and uh, obviously there's been a reaction, many reactions, and the club seem to be following that up with by. By putting together a consultation where it canvassed the opinion mm-hmm. of uh, many, many Spurs fans to get an, a genuine idea about uh, you know what what these fans think. Although there yes. are problems with the survey, so there's a difference between match day going fan and, and a fan from abroad and anybody I think was who was a member or season ticket could have could have. Um, responded to it so
3: yeah it was it was self-selecting in that way
2: yeah uh so Charlie tell us a bit about yourself your your background and 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 why we're talking to you I guess what what, what what's your credibility sure.
3: well I mean first off and most importantly of all I am I'm a season ticket holder at Spurs uh sit in the West End where all great people do um <laughs> and I've been a Spurs fan since birth obviously um but professionally I'm a journalist writer and broadcaster and researcher uh based in London. Uh, write for the Telegraph, do a bit of TV and radio, BBC, and um, I contribute to National Review in the United States. Um, so all sorts, really. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh,
2: what's what what's your take, then, on, on Tottenham Hotspur's fans' continued use of the term Yid?
3: Well, I mean, I continue to use the term Yid, first and foremost. So, I mean, I think I slot in with... The majority of the match-going fan base, and I know that the consultation told us that a majority of um, those who responded weren't in favour of continuing using the term, or at least wanted to see it steadily um, removed. But that's not the feeling I get when I go to games, both home and away. You still hear it from, you know, the base of the Seven Sisters tube all the way up the High Road during the game and after, and and sometimes throughout smatterings of London on the way home. Um, so I, I mean I I support the continued use of the term yet yeah, I don't think Spurs fans using the term is anti-semitic but I can see why some people feel that way I think that a broadening in terms of the understanding of why Spurs fans use that term is going to be particularly important and um, for, for people who look in on, on the club and also I think people need to recognize the context within which it comes I think all too often Fans of other clubs will use this as a a stick to beat us with kind of uh, anti-racism agendas of their own clubs, saying, "Oh, you can't complain about us being about our fans being racist here and there." If you regularly use this racist terms at your games, I think it's terribly unfair. It Misunderstands the fact that the term "yid" originated in uh, at Tottenham Hotspur in an anti-racist capacity and has now been adopted as an identity in that respect. And uh, of course, it's developed beyond that now. It's, uh, it's, it means more than just a kind of a shield against anti-Semitic attacks. And it's um, it's part of our identity. It's part of what it means to be, I think, a I Spursman, you're a Yid.
2: We're definitely going to come onto identity. But um, to, Tottenham, have, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is that they've come under uh, pressure f- to follow Chelsea's lead and do more to find set- sorry, anti-Semitism. What, what do you make of that statement?
3: Well, all, all, all football clubs can do more to fight anti-Semitism, but I don't think that removing the term that we use to describe ourselves will make a difference there, right? I mean, Frank Ferreira who's a great writer and Spurs fan um, who went to college in the United States during the late 60s, said that people said about other people in New York that if they knew New, if they knew New York really well, that was a kind of a way of describing them as being Jewish, right? That was a kind of a subtle way of saying someone was Jewish. And you wouldn't ban saying New York, would you, in order to get around um, an alternative way of describing someone as Jewish or using that kind of um, slander. You try and get to the root of why people want to be dodgy and say that in the same way. You wouldn't want to remove the word "Yid" from the Spurs fan base, because by doing that, you don't necessarily remove anti-Semitic thought. You just remove a, a term we used to describe ourselves. Of course, yeah. All, all football fans, all football clubs can do more, and I'm sure there are ways of getting around this. But a, I don't think anyone's ever going to fully get rid of racism, let alone on football terraces. And um, secondly, I think you have to be careful. You're not overstepping the mark. There is such a thing as going too far in um, trying to clamp down on intolerance, and you have to make sure you don't try and take away the, some of the things that give this game life. And this term is one of them.
2: I think the other issue with that statement is that. Um, it suggests or removes the idea of context uh, and uh, yeah and um you know m- meaning and intent and to say that you 're fighting chelsea 's use of the word or Chelsea fans' use of the word year is very different from yeah. addressing Tottenham fans, but obviously we 've gone over that many many times, and I think that 's clear uh today. Today, the the uh, Oxford, dictionary, Oxford English Dictionary has uh, announced that in from their January twenty twenty editions, that a variation of the Y word has been included. Uh, they even referenced Tottenham in their description of the word, and this is what it says: it's uh, they say Yiddo, which is a noun, a Jew, also in extended use, a supporter of support or a player for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. See Yid.
3: Well, fantastic. I mean, they'll have to get it out of the dictionary if. Club have their success in <laughs> in removing this term from the terraces. So I have to be a, a have to be a further update if they uh, if they succeed in that respect. So I, I certainly hope they don't. Do, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cradle now. If, if, even Oxford agrees it's happened.
2: Does, does this help in the argument that the word is a part, in in part now belongs to Tottenham supporters as a term of identity? No. As as no, as I mean, we've all,
3: we've we've always known, right? We don't we don't need the Oxford English Dictionary to tell us the term is important for our identity. I think it's it's organic as it is, right? It grew out very naturally from the seventies, and it's not really left the club since. Um, I think everyone, you know, you don't need the, the dictionary to tell us, but but sure, it it looks good and it feels quite cool, right? You know that it's there, but I think I,
2: I guess yeah, I guess what my question is uh,
3: maintained by fans.
2: I guess I, yeah, I, I agree, I agree, and I, I guess my question though is that that there may be an argument from some sections of uh, society who want Tottenham fans to stop using or self-identifying in that way. But when the term... And one argument I've always made is that the term means, in part, uh, a Tottenham Hotspur fan or player. Yeah. Yeah. As as well as it does uh, an offensive term for Jews. So if if the Oxford Mm -hmm. Dictionary are defining it both... Defining... Saying the word has two definitions... Mm -hmm. Then that—that's fact. Then. Well, yeah, that, yeah, this is a. We've uh, got, yeah,
3: it's now a fact. We've got. We've got some. We've got some credence. But it was true. It was true before Oxford said it. Um, we all. We all know this is the case. And you—you you, you were talking about context in the in the previous question. You know, and Bruce Buck, the chief executive of Chelsea, has said recently that he is concerned or confused, and his fans are confused as to why Chelsea fans can't use the word "yeard" and why Spurs fans can use the word "yeard." I mean. Bruce Buck is, a, is an American lawyer of, of some high standing, 35 years of experience in top class international corporate law. And he wants us to believe that he can't understand the difference between Spurs fans using the term Yid and Chelsea fans using the term Yid. Everybody else gets it, right? People without people law degrees understand the context about Spurs fans using it as a form of identity and Chelsea fans using it as a form of racial malice and uh, anti-Semitic bigotry. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's just silly. I think, I think it's just really silly.
2: I think he does understand it, but I think he realises his position as a Chelsea, uh, was it chief executive or chairman, whoever it is. Um,
3: yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah, chief executive. And everyone knows that he really gets it, right? But him to say that, oh, my fans don't really understand. It's like, well, it's your job to educate them, Bruce. Yes. Okay, if that's if that's a problem, if, you're, if your fans don't understand, then maybe you should explain that there is a context difference and you shouldn't put the blame back at the door at Tottenham Hospital.
2: How important is freedom to self-identify and freedom of expression, in your opinion? Very important.
3: It is the uh, the lifeblood of modernity. The freedom to self-express it is, it is the uh, the midwife of the future. If you can't you can't self-express, then you can't deliver ideas and you can't be who you are. And um, many Tottenham Hotspur fans feel as though they are yids, and that is uh, that is their right to do, um, and that's fine. And we shouldn't have a problem with that. Um, that we have chosen to identify in this way, as I've said, has come in reaction to something rather nastier, and removing our capacity to make that identity will not remove the vitriol it came from and um football's changing everyone knows this right football is becoming more the same everywhere you go and what it means to belong to a club and what it means to have the identity of being a fan to a club is becoming more and more neutral identical the grounds look the same the experience of going to a certain club feels the same and if you remove the little things which make a big difference in signifying that you are, you have a sense of place and are belonging to a particular institution like Tottenham. Then I think football's the worst for it. But if, it- um, if Everton, if Everton stopped calling themselves the Toffees, that would be a shame. And for the same reason, if Tottenham started, stopped calling themselves the Yids, that would be a shame
2: of course but the use, no one gets no one's offended by the
3: use of the word toffees are they whereas maybe maybe, maybe some diabetics out there are particularly upset by the yeah. regular <laughs> <Perhaps. laughs> no, i am being i'm being facetious I'm, yeah. I'm being facetious obviously but you get you get the point right football is becoming more and more the same and the freedom to identify and say who you are and, and um you know what it means to be, be a part of that club is important and if you remove that i think it Turns us more into you know customers than fans.
2: This is a question that's going to be difficult to answer. But is it more important though than than than, than the impact it has on Jewish people who find it offensive? Is it <laughs> that, is yeah, it that bi- that is a, di-
3: that, is a di- that is a difficult question, obviously.
2: Um, but wait, okay, I'll, I'll frame it another way. Is no, the- no, it's
3: fine. No, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. I'm, I'm going to answer it. It's,
2: it's completely fair.
3: Um, well, I think first and foremost, the freedom to self-identify is is the most important thing. So. By extension, I have to answer yes to that question. I think it is more important than some people not liking the term um, and, and, and I'm wishing to see it removed from all aspects of society, be it uh, anti-Semitic bigotry or be it um, Spurs fans using it uh, for their own identity. Uh, I, I'm, of course, extremely sympathetic with these people. And I, I've, I've met many of them at games who have reacted visibly in, in some degree of distress and, and upset when they've heard it. Um but they you know, I, I just I just hope that they come to terms with it in, in, in some way and that they learn to appreciate that Spurs fans don't use it in a negative context and um that it's okay. That it's not being used in a in a negative context. I guess um It's a hope, right? It's a hope. But
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I think part of the reason why doing these these podcasts was you know, series of podcasts around the Y word was to start a or help contribute to a conversation that's happening. So look, here's me and mm. I'm, I'm trying to be as subjective, uh, as objective as possible. Subject, no, what is it? Objective yeah. as possible. <laughs> right.
3: Objective, definitely objective.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be as objective as possible, right? Um, because yeah. it's no good. Two people going on there, going. We want to say the word, right? I have to maintain a, a medium position. Of course um, not, and, yeah, yeah. and and that's that's hopefully helpful towards the people that are, that are, perhaps don't agree with Spurs fans' use of the word to to show mm-hmm. that we are willing to talk about this, and this isn't and a closed yeah. book, and it's not a case of you know. And although we do have the song, they tried to stop us, but look, we did. It's yeah. it, it, that's that's an element of defiance mm-hmm. from. Uh, certain well certainly a time when when Spurs fans were being arrested for saying it in the stadium. Yeah, a... I
3: remember I remember that game against West Ham was it 2013 2014. Yeah. when that was happening and then the chant came the week after. Like, you know and people need to understand that that was definitely something that we stared down in the face, you know, the the, the very very real threat of arrest.
2: It's what well, I mean and yeah and and, and so this is the, the thing is that actually the system is working in Spurs fans favour, those that want to say it. Because there was three fans that were arrested and they went Mm -hmm. to the beginnings of a pre-trial and the the Crown Prosecution Service threw it out and all were just released without any issue and all charges dropped. Uh, And this is on the basis of intent and context. And this has already happened. And then there's um, the the Oxford Dictionary have included it now in in their dictionaries from from, from this point going forward. So Mm it almost seems like there is a, a, a an outside force that, that is obsessing over Tottenham's fans' use of this word because they feel that it's our use of it that that gives Chelsea, West Ham, and whoever else want to say it uh, an opportunity to justification, and, and just- the,
3: the freedom to do it. No, and and, it, and it's just and it, and it is a nonsense argument, really, isn't it? And you would have to say to these people, you know, do you think that if other groups stopped using terms previously used to slander them, that racism would disappear in, in their direction? No one seriously believes that, and they shouldn't believe it in the, in the circumstances of, of, of Spurs
2: fans either. Where does this obsession come from then if it, if it is that like David Bedell has been quite irate and, and outspoken over the years Where, yeah. why, why are they do you think clinging on to this side of the coin of the you know in terms of the Spurs fan using it as the term of endearment and belonging and identity, and you know Chelsea fans using it as a term of hate.
3: Well, I mean, as a journalist, I can be cynical. It's a great story, you know it's always going to allow you to attract attention, you know, and you take on an entire mobilised and and very vocal and passionate group of people who are going to stand up and engage in the conversation. So, in, in that respect, it's a great it's a great way to bring some attention to yourself or your paper. But when it comes to clinging on to that side of the coin in the argument itself, I don't know because clearly it's a losing battle, right? They're not making any ground on this point that it is giving um moral sucker to racists from other clubs that's clearly not happening and, and, and and no one seriously believes that not even bruce bach i don't think so um yes the the cynic in me believes what i've what i've just said but um i i hope that isn't why it's repeatedly being done and i don't know why like the society of black lawyers for example back in when this came around more aggressively quite recently i don't know who decided that they were the kind of arbiters of what can and cannot be said. And I think you have to be an incredibly arrogant person, incredibly arrogant to say what you think other people can and cannot say, Uh, especially tens of thousands of people gathered together um, in in free and voluntary association. They can't use a term because you don't like it or because you think other people you might be defending don't like it. I think it's really authoritarian and quite weird actually, quite strange. <laughs> it makes me a bit nervous um, thinking of these people, but I, I hope I never become one of
2: them. They, I guess the the argument about the, you know, your right to offend You're in a, in a country of freedom of speech, that people yeah. will get offended by the opinions of, uh, of others. And I think there's a line sure. of decency that can be held up where you're not gonna <laughs> walk around the street and you can get arrested for abhorrent language and racist views that are that are read in public spaces so yeah, right, there and,
3: is and, and precedents precedents have been set in, in that regard so you know times have changed certainly since the last big move on this and times have changed a lot in terms of communications law since 2013-14 and, and and new precedents have been set for hate crime and and hate speech in the law so who knows things could be different in the future so yeah there definitely is a a change in the legal attitude and the policing attitude towards speech. And I think Spurs fans should be quite wary of that.
2: Yeah. And and it may be that we gradually move towards this sort of uh, hyper diluted or sensitive society where it will come to a point where legal cases are reopened. But I don't see that the, the the police going that lengths to, to pursue this again Given the fact that the CPS would would probably find the same result, they're not going to have the resources. And I don't know if you remember that, that we had um, we was I think it might have been Dnipro Pro or Anzi in UFA UEFA Cup, right? yeah, was, Europa League. Yeah, I remember, I remember that era. Yes, <laughs> uh, and we did an glorious time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did an eighteen eighty two game at that, uh, at that uh, one of those games basically, and we had a block yeah. in the part lane lower, and the police presence yeah. in our block was. Incredible. I'm not saying I remember this. Do you remember? Because it was, I remember It was, it remember,
3: was, it was, it, it, was before, it was the one before the Bashiktas game, and there was a big change, yes. between the two of them, I think.
2: Yeah, and uh, so, so our block was full, one of the only blocks that were full in the stadium because you know, we was only <laughs> yeah. 20, it was Thursday night under 26,000 at a push, yeah, against a team you've never heard of or could pronounce, right? So, so precisely, yeah, so, um. You know, and, and there was there was police looking up and picking people for saying it, and arrests were made on that night as well. When yeah. it's it's um, that 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 requires resource and it requires time and investigation and a drain on the police services. And given the fact that this it's under well no fifty thousand coppers short than we, where we need to be, um, yeah. a, a kind of a, attacking or or, or a, a legal approach towards Spurs fans doesn't seem by the best way to to spend money. Um, maybe no, finding no and money. arresting those that are singing, you know, anti-Semitic songs or sure. j- making gas chamber noises at football is, is probably the correct way to deal with it. Maybe. No,
3: I think, I think the police will waste a lot of time at football in general, but especially when it comes down to chanting. Uh, for the best part of the last five or six years, I, I've lived in Scotland where there was a terrible law on the books until last year called, the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act, uh, or the Obuwa, and um, it criminalised. It was it was brought in right to deal with a whole wide range of sectarian chanting, which is a big problem, as uh, as many I'm sure are aware in Glasgow and Edinburgh, yeah. uh, between Hearts, Hibs, and Rangers, and Celtic. Uh, I'm a Catholic, for what it's worth, and I went to quite a lot of Rangers games when I lived up in Edinburgh, just because uh, good club. And I had a lot of mates who supported them, so I went along to quite a lot of games, and I was there just to get the fix when I was away from Tottenham. And uh, I heard a lot, as you can imagine, a lot of anti-Catholic bigotry and, and and really nasty chanting. But not once did I think, "Oh, these people really do stick by their horrible anti-Catholic views." And I'm conv- I'm convinced that lots of them left the terraces and and did not retain a lot of that bigotry themselves. Absolutely. But the law, the, but the but the law that was brought in, the the Obua law found these people and, you know, the, the, the kind, of, kind of very scary authoritarian line was who knows where the chant might take you, you know, and they lock you up and all the rest of it. People were arrested at old firm games or just regular, you know, and at this time weren't in the top league, regular matches against other opposition for seeing chants about the Pope and all the rest of it. And uh, it was really ludicrous. And now it's been thrown out because they realised that the people seeing these things weren't actually harbouring. The views that they they believed they were representing, and it was seen as being way too restrictive on freedom of speech. And I, I fear a similar kind of law could take precedent in England uh, or you know across the UK as a whole if we keep up this same level of attention. And I think moral panic over the use of Spurs fans using the word "yet" It's just not justified.
2: Um, they called it the ninety-minute bigot in um, in the yeah. old firm, especially. So you walk in. A uh, a a bigger or a anti-Catholic yeah. or anti-Protestant, and then you yeah. leave and you go back to your lives as normal. Now there, yeah, is, there I saw it myself. Yeah, there is issues with that. I mean, the, you can of understand course. where there needs to be a, a conversation about it, but what th- the other thing to take into account is that both sides of this coin, or both sides of these supports, engage in it. This is a back and forth mm-hmm. battle, and both of them sing uh, stuff that could be considered to be abhorrent. But it's such an intrinsic part of what they are as a football club to, yeah. to, to to take that away from them because perhaps, and I'm suge- I'm not suggesting this is the only reason, but this is one of the reasons that outside societies can't understand the traditions of 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 this football match in this that, that's those two stadia. Yeah, is is a shame. I think huge shame, I'm
3: I'm I'm not I'm not one to defend bigotry in its truest sense, but. The chance you hear at these grounds, you just you just know if you understand the culture around the clubs and the sport and terraces in general, you learn to appreciate that what happens there doesn't really happen outside the ground. And I'm sure there will be a uh, a minority within those elements of those of those fans who do actually retain these views, and they will belong to kind of paramilitary curious groups and they'll be a bit strange like that but for the most part for the most part it really is a 90 minute bigger and I think arresting people along those lines is, uh, is, is really quite crazy and the people of course that have been considering similar action or calling for similar action in England or with Spurs fans I think it's the same kind of problem they've had in Scotland they don't really understand the club that they're criticising they don't understand the people they're criticising right? I reckon that a significant portion of the non-football-following people calling for year to be removed from White Hart Lane's terraces have never been. They've never heard. They don't actually know what they're talking about. They don't understand the origin of the word. I, mean, I myself didn't understand the origin of the word well into my teenage years. Not as in I didn't understand that it was had anti-Semitic connotations, but I didn't understand the full history of why we used it, where it came from, how it originated. So why should we trust the future of a term we use to identify with people who don't know what they're talking about in the first place I think it's all a bit of a bit of a sham to be honest
2: and finally Charlie how do you see the why we're debate playing out how do I see the why I think I think you'll be crazy to make
3: any predictions along the lines of um, what the police will do <laughs> with speech laws and uh, how, this, how this debate will continue but I mean a precedent has kind of been set in this right? or well, just it, it, it whips up a media frenzy for a a month or two, a consultation will take place to reassure the media and affected parties that the club can be seen to be doing something. But um, my hope is that we will continue to use the term. We will continue to make the justified, I think, rather agreeable arguments against removing the word. And uh, I hope we bring it back a bit more to football. We can hear the chant more.
2: Um, I Just, just finally, I, I do actually think it's going to be a case of what, the will of the Spurs fans, right? And yeah. by that, the club really are in no position to tell us what we can and can't do. uh If, we, if we're <laughs> within the law, which is proven to be the case, then it's yeah. really none of the club's business. It has nothing to do with well, law, what we chant. Well, you
3: don't know. I mean, it's, I guess get it's, it's their house, their rules, though right? I mean, swearing at football, they can kick you out for that. So why can't they kick you out for a rule, a, a word that they've also deemed inappropriate? Yeah. I think we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't rely on the club giving us the support that we might want them to. It will, it will, as you say, come down to the Withers Spurs fans. If they, if they keep putting up a, uh, an affronted opposition and keep using the term, then I don't think it will go. Well, but I as soon as a crack starts to appear, they might latch onto it a bit more aggressively.
2: I think, um, I think in time it, it may, it may well disappear. Uh, yeah. I just think because as, as people become more conscious, uh, and this is, you know, we're moving into a time or I've moved into a time where. People are much more conscious of their actions and and the words they're saying and realize there are there yep. is a, a consequence for it um it could you could even argue that it's it's gotten worse in part after brexit and trump's election that, that bigots feel more able to spout their racism uh because of those uh electoral results and the brexit result um
3: I'm not necessarily going to go down that route but i'll let you carry on <laughs> uh, I, I'm keep just on. making
2: a statement so the the um <laughs> <laughs> but but, my point is is that if we are becoming more conscious then the way to deal with the why word debate or the, the way we were the spurs fans use of the word year is is to allow it just to peter out, but the more you stoke the flames the 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 more backs to the wall attitude that you're going to get from our supporters and everybody think it's it's it echoes around White art lane it's constant yeah. when you're away from home at the moment <laughs> the appetite despite what the the um consultation uh, says. consultation says the appetite is not to let it go at all that this is our identity Absolutely. and that and i'm not saying that's my opinion necessarily i'm just saying that that's it seems the will of the match day fan and no, i think that's,
3: that's a fair observation and a whole new chant was born out of the last time they try to they try yeah. to stop us using it and I, I think that lesson surely has been learned and um more conversation is always good right the the way to deal with so-called bad speech is is more good speech um so i hope that people learn more about the context of the term through these discussions taking place through these kind of podcasts people then understand why we use it but at the same time i hope that i live long enough not to see it peter out because it's part of my identity it's part of why i'm a spurs fan that term and to lose it would be a shame uh, okay
2: um well thank you very much charlie for joining us my pleasure cheers thanks and uh, yeah we're, we're going to be having more of these conversations the next one we've got lined up is a spurs fan who isn't jewish who, who thinks that we should s- stop using it so that's going to be an interesting discussion as well hey, all ticked uh, off yeah we'll get them all get them all uh, and then we're looking to speak to a couple more people as well so i think this this will probably round off of, of uh, a series of five episodes which will somehow clump together but yeah i hope you've enjoyed listening to that and if you want to continue the discussion uh, just please don't do it to at love the shirt because I haven't got time to engage with anybody. But Charlie, do you want to give your Twitter in case people want to contact yeah. you about it? <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's uh, at CDP1882. I think you'll all know what that stands for.
2: Okay, beautiful. Cheers, Charlie. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. It's a fire in. It's a fire in. Clock. It's a fire in.
1: Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social, Social Podcast Network.
1: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.